0: The cliche of living on bread and water when you buy the property, is it in reality true? We're going to talk about it today. Stay tuned.
1: Candy. <laughs> it's a good combination you've got back there. We're talking off-air, free candy and Christmas trees, Mark.
0: Yeah, I've got a Christmas tree in the back of the van. There it is there, ready to set up for tonight. Giddy up.
1: Nice. And does that um, lollipop go on the top replace the star or does it –
0: no, my mother-in-law gave me this uh, lollipop, and I have no idea why she gave it to me, but um, I'll find another home for it. Not really, yeah, it's to candy. A,
1: it's a bit of a controversial debate, but are you a family that puts, um, like, the like the canes on the tree? Do you put edible edible treats on the tree? No. No, I, I don't think that's... You, you guys? No, we have tried it, but no.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm not really into that candy. I'm, I don't know. Is anyone into that candy? I don't know. I think I think you got to be, like, really, really, like, five-year-old style to enjoy that, and that, that's about it.
1: That, that could hurt a few people's feelings, but let's move on.
0: <laughs> let's move on. So, Billy, um, living on bread and water, it is the reality of buying a property uh is that you think that uh when you take on the new mortgage after you put in your hard-earned savings into your deposit and you pay your stamp duty and you go into a more commitment into a property uh it's a it's a pretty scary you know feeling that you've felt recently
1: yeah and um Let's just uh, admit, Mark, to all the viewers that I didn't even know what you meant by the bread and water saying. Instead, <laughs> can't say. Sorry, Mum and Dad.
0: <laughs> so I said to Billy this morning, I said, Oh, you know, it's a bit bread and water, you know, after you buy a property. He goes, What? I go, bread and water. He, what? I go, you know, like, you don't have food. You just live on bread and water. He's like, Don't know what that even means.
1: Very lucky to to be in that position. shouldn't I should take it for granted, but I um, think it's I an
0: old, old-fashioned saying as well.
1: I got the catch. I got the catch, and um, yeah, the principle applies. It it's definitely scary. But do you know what I reckon the worst part about buying a property is? Is that you feel really um financially like stable with this huge bank balance because it's a house deposit, and then when that's like taken away from you, it's like everything's just gone and it just goes.
0: And not only is it taken away from you, but stamped on you is this big bloody mortgage.
1: Yeah, yeah. and the, But there's obviously that little bit of a time delay where you, you put an offer in on a property, then it gets accepted and then you pay your deposit and the first little bit goes. Yeah, Jonathan, let's not talk about it. Um, <laughs> And then, but it, it does take a little bit of time before everything sort of appears on screen in terms of the mortgage and you actually know where you sit financially again. Because from, in my experience, I had all these sort of um, expenses coming in. So, you know, the lawyer, sorry,
0: sorry,
1: sorry. The yes. um, you had all these outgoing strata reports, nothing big, but, you know, all these little expenses as well as your big deposit and then you think wow where do I even sit now because it's been so um, so consistent saving for such a long time and then all of a sudden it just goes
0: and there's also the concept of uh, if, if it's an investment if, what if the property is not rented scary there's also the concept of what if interest rates go up scary so I think that um, you sort of start to think you're going to be on bread and water a little bit. Is that reality? Like I think, and I I think if you've got, if you are a little bit older um, and you maybe have done it one uh, a couple of times before, so you've sold and bought and bought and sold and whatever. The what is the actual reality? And and Billy, you've only done this recently, so you're a perfect subject to have this topic to person to have this um, topic with. Um, you're only sort of three months into it now. Um, are you still hurting? Is Are you still on bread and water? Or what's your mindset? What's the reality?
1: Um, I think it's... it's. I'm at a stage now where I definitely know where I, all my expenses sit, which means I can plan a little bit better than I could at the start. Before, I was really, like, sort of anxious. Um, I've got to save everything because I really don't know when the next bill's is coming in. But they... The solicitors sent me a fantastic letter, which I'm sure everyone gets after buying a property, their post-settlement letter, where all the rates had been adjusted and they gave me the dates and, and the cost of what the next quarter would be. And that just gives you the opportunity to sort of plan in advance. Um, but the other thing that I have to say works in a 1st home buyer's um, favorite, Mark, is the fact that you've got the first 12 months of buying a property, Um, six months of those, you obviously need to live in it, but the other six months you can try and get some money through it. I've done that in the form of an Airbnb, um, but that's given me time to sort of just adjust slowly. So it's not all such quick pace.
0: With the cash flow. So, um, the reality of, and I do have to say this guys, uh, uh, being a real estate agent, you, it's. It's the biggest, uh, probably one of the biggest deterrents. It's a psychological one um, as much as as much as it is. It's probably, I'd say, this is a great topic to have because how much of it is actually psychological? How much of it is a barrier psychologically not to buy a property um, as opposed to the reality of the financial pain Um like another case for you, Billy, if you had to put where you are at the moment, how much of this, how much of the bread and water concept of I've got, I'm not going to be able to afford this, I'm screwed, I can't spend any money on anything else but the property, how much of that was in a percentage was reality to, you know, like your brain, your brain throwing the handbrake up to the reality of no that didn't happen would have been 90 percent that you know what i thought 90 percent chance i thought i was going to be screwed uh when you went into this or you're like i'll be right i'm 50 50 on it to the reality to now when you look at the position now is it is is it like that was a bunch of that emotion was wasted emotion like i'm not putting words in your mouth but where are you on that
1: Definitely, I, I wouldn't say to anyone it's wasted emotion because that's just the reality of your brain thinking of the worst-case scenario all the time. And at the end of the day, you want to be prepared for the worst-case scenario. There's no point in, in hoping for the best because hope isn't reality, right? So I think if you at least prepare yourself for the worst and then it comes slightly better, you always, um, you've always got a smile on your face because then it's, you're always better off and it's never quite as bad. But in reality, it hasn't been nearly as bad as I thought it would be. But in saying that, I haven't lived in the property for six months of the first 12 months just just yet. And that's a condition of the first home buyer's grant. So I think there's a little bit more pain to be had. I've had the luxury of getting some cash flow through, which is definitely going to help um, help with the overall costs of the first 12 months. But um, it's feasible, and when, you, when you're when you going into this, um, whatever property you do end up buying, your broker should be telling you in a ballpark figure whether it's actually feasible or not. And you sort of know, and I think you just know. You just know, and, and also
0: um, what Jonathan's saying is um, he calculated into his repayments 4% higher than the actual interest rate. Um, I do have to say, guys and girls, that if the bank's going to give you the money, the odds are that you can't afford it. So if you don't want to be – if you don't believe your qualification of can you afford the loan is enough, the banks certainly is. The banks will factor in your spending. The banks will factor in your income. The banks will factor in your interest. They also, like Jonathan Creek just said, they also will put a margin on there of three or four percent on top of the current rate to make sure you can still afford it within their within their tables. So I think, um, guys, if you are stressed about it, just always remember. My father-in-law had a great saying. He used to say this: If you owe the banks a hundred thousand, you're in trouble. If you owe the banks a million dollars, they're in trouble.
1: But I think that's they're going to give you the money i think that's a great point and i actually never thought about that these guys are the like kings and queens of assessing risk and it's their money so they're not going to get it wrong
0: no no so again i think you know, a lot of this space that we're playing within today is mental space, not financial space. I think it's actually getting over that mental reality of, you know, will will I have to live on bread and water? Can I really afford it? Do I really deserve it? Should I really do this? I think if, if the bank's going to turn around and say, look, we see you into this, there's a lot of um, regulation these days that APRA's bought. up. Uh, Responsible lending so I think If a bank's going to responsibly lend To you you're there's already There's already a layer of Qualification that Yes you can do this obviously You're the one that needs to pay the bills And follow through with it and have that backbone But I think if the bank's going to come Along and say mate we're going to do this For you you should um, Get rid of that that anxiety um, Of that new mortgage a little bit Easier
1: Yeah that I think that's a, a really good point, and I I um was very surprised when I got the um, unconditional finance letter saying that I'm going to get the the full loan exactly what I asked for, and I thought like, wow, these guys actually believe it as as much as I do.
0: Yeah, but but Billy, you don't you don't actually know that there was that there was all of those thousands of thoughts before you got that letter that you had to contend with so you know you probably started thinking about buying a property how long before you actually bought it
1: oh i mean when it starts as a dream before you even i've got the first five percent of your five percent deposit like next to no money it's just a, you know in down the timeline i put a i put a time stamp i put a time on my um on my goal so i just wanted it before i turned Nineteen. Whilst I was eighteen, I wanted to buy a property, and I got on the last and, day. But, oh, did
0: you? But that dream—when was that seeded? When did you start saying, "Yep, I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually go, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for buying a property"?
1: It would have been two and a half years before when I started earning okay. good money part time.
0: So that was so, guys and girls who are watching, let's put this into perspective. Um, you, yourself, Billy, were you thought about it two and a half years before, um, up until getting that letter from the bank? That's a lot of thoughts of buying a property. There's, if you thought about it once a day, that's 600 thoughts. You know, so I think managing, my point is managing that in your brain and then you finally get that letter from the bank saying, yep, we're going to do this for you, we're going to help you. I think um, you've just got to stay positive, that's my point, and um, you don't have to live on bread and water. That's a reality of buying a property that, you know, it ends up, you're okay, yeah? You're in, it ends up just, you just end up putting one foot in front of the other. It's like breathing,
1: well, the other point you talked about, off-air, which is another good one, is buying a property is it's so different to um, you know buying a share portfolio or something like that, where everyone is backing you. You know, the parents, your extended family, your yeah, friends, and all just yes. chipping in to to make it work. Now, it doesn't mean they're chipping in financially, saying, you know, here's the next mortgage repayment. But like mum and dad, look. Here's my spaghetti bolognese for the day, so I don't have to buy lunch. Um, you know, everyone's just helping out where, where possible. And it it seems like um, small things, but obviously goes a long way when they all add up.
0: Now, if you bought $25,000 of Bitcoin or $50,000 of Bitcoin, I don't mean all due respect, but I don't think you would have had the support from friends and family, employers... Impl- uh, colleagues at work around you like you do with the property there is something beautiful uh, and you do have a safety net um that you're not as much on bread and water um when it's when you're buying your property because everyone sort of it's a bit of a holistic and not a herbal person but it's a bit of a like it's a bit of a wholesome thing to do that everyone gathers around and says oh mate i'll shout you the drink or i'll i'll shout oh mum and dad i'll make you the lunch or you know, I think everyone my point is everyone just hustles and gathers around and helps you a little bit more.
1: Yeah, it's it's different. I mean, I can't imagine how that can be compared to any other sort of purchase of the same significant value.
0: Yep. And guys, that is a show. Billy, thank you very, very much. Anything else you wanna add?
1: No. Thank you, Mark. Pleasure as always. Bread quite, and water It's, quite a, it's eh? quite a lot easier talking about me. <laughs> well, you know what there's a lot to
0: learn as well. I think I think there's um, Jonathan Creek's an expert on videos here and, and I think your I think your path um, is a path that a lot of people dream about being young um and even if you're older i think you dream about it for your own kids or for your nephew or for your you know so i think a lot of people can resonate and a lot of people can identify with what you felt and what you're going through so uh um, mate it's easy to talk about but it's it's also some people are very shy most people are shy about talking about it so it's great that you brought it up helps people
1: yeah it's good and it's as, I, as much as I didn't know the saying, um, the bread and water saying, you know, I'm definitely not anything special in terms of um, just a normal kid. Been working part time for a long time, you know, right right up until the final years of school, and then full time work straight away. So it's it's um, everything like sort of done is normal in terms of you can just anyone else can do it. You know? Worked as a lifeguard at the local pools, so no fancy jobs. No, yes, yeah, you know, it's just normal hard work. That's it. Yep.
0: Hello, good- Luke Maroney, Jeff Luby, Jonathan Creek. The guys, thank you so much for watching. And if you need any topics spoken about, you let us know. Um, the modern version of bread and water is Diet Coke and two <laughs> and
1: Sounds like my recent camping trip, Mark. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's what we spoke about yesterday, actually. So, all oh, right, that's a long story. But take care, huh? see everyone. Bye, bye, bye.